money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? Um, no, actually. Uh, like a couple times a year, I'm not. And well, I'm, I, I'm ready. I, I'm so glad that you took this like five <laughs> minutes. Uh, we're running a, an encore show that you're going to find a little bit more in, a, in about 10 seconds. But you took the time out of your writing schedule to, to sit here with me to do this intro. Thank yeah, you so I, much. Yeah, And I'm I'm off. You haven't told people what. Well, I guess we talked about it in June. I'm off writing a book, hopefully, mm-hmm. Lord willing, that will get to be in your hands by by November. So um, that's what I'm off doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are setting you up this morning to listen to a show that we loved from last summer, Mm -hmm. from 2020, when our one of our coaches, Natalie Rowe, our financial coach, and who also loves to help connect people and do some career coaching. um, We talked to her about her book. We talked to her about what it's like to find a new career um, in the midst of what was the beginning of the pandemic last Mm -hmm. summer. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, we are where we're at this summer with pandemic things still. And we thought it would be a great show for you to listen to. And if you need to connect with Natalie, you can message our office, info at morethanenough.ca, mm-hmm. and we can connect you. And you can have even just an introductory session. We can get you a copy of the book she wrote um, about um, changing set, careers, yep. set, set. Um, which she's going to tell you about in a minute, but mm-hmm. I never remember the whole title. So... Um, <laughs> This is, um, we wanted to rerun the show, have an encore yeah. presentation. And, and and it's very appropriate because Reb's off writing a book. Thank you again for, for doing this <laughs> intro. And and Natalie now is going to talk about her book and, and her passion around uh, helping people reset. So enjoy this encore presentation of Let's Talk Money. Well, we want to invite uh, Natalie Rowe to join us this morning. Good morning, Natalie. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, David. How are you? Great. Good. So we love Natalie, and um, there's a couple reasons we have her on the show today. Um, one, how we know her is uh, uh, she's one of our financial coaches at More Than Enough, mm-hmm. so it's pretty great um, to have been getting to know her all these years. And uh, Natalie has a long list of wonderful things that she's achieved, but you know she would say uh, that her greatest. Uh, thing in her life is that she's a child of God who loves to walk with people and journey with people, um, just lending a hand. And um, she's written a book, and she's going to describe it and name it because I always forget. I always I always say it wrong, so I'm just going to get <laughs> Natalie to say the book she wrote and um, and what it's about, and then we're going to dig right in because we find um, that her expertise right now in this season might help some of you um, in career transitions. So, Natalie, what what book is it that you wrote a few years back? Yes, uh, published in the end of 2017. It's called Step, S-E-T, Proceed and Succeed in Your Career, and it's about having a winning mindset, winning perspective for career navigation and success. And it really was inspired by the parable of the talents, just having 
people have enough confidence in knowing that, you know, we're here for a purpose, how do I find that purpose, and that there is help along the way, and how do I go about navigating, you know, what are my interests, how do I engage in a career that is fulfilling and satisfying, and so set um, self-awareness, knowing yourself, environment awareness, knowing what's happening around you because careers are generated because of needs and uh, training your talents and personality for the marketplace to really meet with needs in a very effective way. So the aim of the book is really to inspire confidence in career navigation and success. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to say it. So um, we're not going to read the whole book uh, we're going to talk about the. You were going to read the whole book. No, thought, I'm not going to read. No, Natalie's like, okay, we're we're no. just going to do an audio book here. Natalie's going to no. start reading in a minute. I was thinking of <laughs> the parable of the talents because Natalie does mention the parable of the talents, and that's what inspired her. I do know that. I think she was sitting in church one day, and she knew that she had to write it. I don't know. I don't know how all the inspiration happened. I know that she took a whole bunch of weeks and pounded it out and got it written. And and uh, um, she she was not, I think, Natalie, at first you said that you weren't going to put the parable in, but then you felt like something was missing if you didn't. Is that Ab- correct? Absolutely. Um, when I read, I did an address from the parable of the talents and around Korea, and then it just evolved into a book. And at first I started writing it without the reference, and it just felt like I would be shortchanging the le- the readers. You know, it's, there was so much context that would bring confidence and accountability in that parable that I felt it was necessary that the reader understood this is the the well from which uh, these ideas and these thoughts are coming, because it speaks really to the fact that we have all been equipped. We've come into this world equipped. My favorite phrase I love to use is that we all came with startup capital. So the whole thought that, oh, I don't know what I can do and there's nothing for me to do, you know, it it should not even come to mind because the truth of God's word tells us that everybody's given something. And then the importance of increasing and multiplying that talent or those talents and the accountability that comes with them, whether reward or whether being brought to book for that, it is very important. So something that we really should take seriously. So I thought it was very important to set that divine context for the advice that came mm-hmm. from uh, from the parable there and, and with the advice in the book. So for those of you, if you don't know that parable, Jesus uh, shared it with uh, his followers, and it's found in the book of Matthew 25, at least one of the references, mm-hmm. 14 to 30. And I'm not going to read it all here because there's a lot of time we want to take with Natalie giving some direction to us and, and listeners this morning um, about the about what we've been given and how do we pursue in, in this climate that we're living in, that we all know we're in the midst of this global craziness, I call it. I don't, I don't even know what to call it anymore. But, um, you know, there, there are some solid things that we can think about and pursue. And that's why we've had Natalie here. In the parable, um, the, the owner is going to go away for a little while. He gives one servant five bags. Yeah, the, uh, the other servant two or three. And, and then the, the last servant, he gives one. And, and in the story... The one servant buries um, the one bag of talents he has. The others take their talents, invest it, 
it makes profit and and the owner comes back and sees all of this taking place and he has a few things to say to the the the, the man who or the servant mm-hmm. who buries it and 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 it, the whole point of the parable is don't bury what you've been given you know how how do we want to use that talent and it's what Natalie is sharing it's the very foundation for the book she wrote so um, you know, Natalie, I just want to say in your day job, what do you do? Like, what do you, what do you, what kind of experience do you have just to give the folks some context for where you've gleaned some of this also in your daily life? Yes, I, I work in a professional context. I'm actually a public servant, and I do a lot of writing, a lot of communications, a lot of planning and strategizing where you literally um, have, a, have a, a problem, you start at the end, you envision where do you want to go, and then you make plans and strategies to take you there. You do the, the evaluation analysis, and you reset, and, and, and you pivot from there. So it's within that context where... I, it seems almost like I tend to always start at the end. <laughs> you know, that visioning. And I find it very much in line with how God operates. He always has a plan, the God who knows the end from the beginning. And we're called to operate in that same spirit where we have a plan for our life. May not have all the details, right, but a sense of direction. And we work towards that, knowing with confidence that wherever we're heading, um, it is there. Whatever we're looking for, it is there. And we have that power to plan and to work towards it and to achieve results. So that's the professional context in which I work on a daily basis. Okay. Thank you. So we're going to ask, we're, I'm just going to ask the question. Mm-hmm. So if there are folks out there today who are, you know, struggling, maybe they've lost their job because of, for whatever reason, especially now, you know, how can you encourage folks in this season as they consider a job transition? How would you encourage them? Absolutely. I've thought a bit about this. Um, you know, there's so much change going on. Um, the thing is that change is always happening. It's the pace of change that's really different in our current context. And with the whole pandemic and everything, well, nobody saw that coming yeah. <laughs> in the, you know, from the beginning of the year. But I think we first have to anchor ourselves. I believe that there's certain things that we need to, truths we need to anchor our lives around. And you know what? We are empowered. Um, when it comes to career, when it comes to jobs, the root of them is human beings. And if you look at the world population, it's always increasing. So the fact that there are people around, it means that people generate needs. And that, that's one thing. That's one truth. The second thing as well is that we each have a talent. We each have skills. We each have the ability to contribute to meeting those needs. So when things are changing, it really, we have to just do that exhale. We have to realize, okay, so this is the reality of life. Jobs are disappearing, but I like to use the image of a seesaw. Something, one end is going down, it means that another end is emerging. Mm -hmm. The other end is coming up. So as, as one job may be disappearing, I think we ought to have to we ought to embrace the mindset where we look and we assess what is emerging mm-hmm. because the need still needs to be met. It's just how the needs are being met that is changing. So then we analyze, analyze what's happening in our environment. 
what is emerging, and then see how we can align ourselves with those new opportunities. So even in this time, as you know, with the pandemic and the lockdowns, there's so many things that we could not do, but there were also lots of other things that we could do. We had more time on our hands. How are we investing that time? Are we using it to reskill, to retool, to do some needed research? It's really how we're using that time mm. and how we're making that pivot. Mm. Yeah, I want to jump in there for a minute because I think that's such a key. Um, you, you know, you've been talking about empowering and, and I was thinking, so what stops us, right? And, and in the, the parable of the talents, one of the under kind of maybe things to just pay attention to or is an under undermining um, maybe something that will undermine that transition is, is just whether it's fear or resistance to the change. I mean, I love what you said about the pace of change is actually what's going on. Change is, has been going on, but what, and, and that resonated so strongly with me is it, it really is the pace of change that's gone on. And so when, when, you know, Again, in, in, in a, the context of maybe a little bit of history saying, you know, I was thinking about a career change and I might take a year or two to, to see what the transition is. And all of a sudden now it's like career changes upon you and you have a month to decide. And it's like, oh, my goodness, you know, that whole process accelerates. And, and that's, again, you know, speaking to that in the, in the context of God is in control he is not surprised by by the pace of change and so um you know when we come to it having uh you know again using your book as a as a, a platform to just say all right i can read through some of these steps there's no timeline on this it can be done in, in because i was going to say one of the things that that maybe is in this season that isn't in others. Although I would say a job transition and career consideration for transitioning does bring elements of stress, mm -hmm. right? I, I don't know, Natalie, if, if that's, a, if you would agree, but in our own transition from when Dave left a family business and, and a career as a mechanic, and then was, we didn't know what we were going to do next. And, and then we ended up, you know, in the financial coaching world. I mean, that, that season was stressful there. You had financial concerns, you know, how long, how long can we go without work or, you know, there's all of that, but now there's this pandemic thing and it's global uncertainty. And there seems like to be a lot of pressure. So I guess to me, that's like, how can we encourage listeners today, Natalie, just to, you know, put one foot in front of the other, like, you know, because there are, are, you know, there's a, there's mental health issues happening. There's fears. There's, and how do you, how, you know, I'm sensitive to that, I guess, um, in myself and in other people. How do we encourage people that, you know, you, you can look for what's emerging and then educate yourself on something that you're passionate about? How do we do that in this climate? I think a very important thing, Rebecca, is is how we is to recognize, to be operating in a sort of a self-awareness. As human beings, we love the comfort zone. We love mm -hmm. the familiar. It's a safe space. But nevertheless, we also know that unless we are moving out of that comfort zone, unless we are going into the unknown, we're not growing. We're not evolving. 
challenges what brings out, brings us into new territories. We learn new things. And so we have to step back and recognize, you know, yes, this is what is happening. I am uncomfortable. I am looking on change. It's not what I asked for, um, or maybe it's what I'm looking for, but whatever it is, um, this is uncomfortable. So we first acknowledge it. We don't pretend it's not there. This is uncomfortable. However, the way back to the comfort comfort zone is to face that discomfort, is to face that with the right information, with the right mindset. Um, one of the things that is always recommended and I've been doing is to develop a level of tolerance with discomfort. We have to do that in this time of rapid change. And so what matters is there is information there that will feed anxiety, but there's also information there that we could really focus on and have a plan, write out the plan, work the plan, talk with um, the right people, get the right kind of information. So it really boils down to the choices we make. What are we feeding our minds with? And are we being realistic? So yes, um, it's real challenges, real discomfort, but also knowing that there are real choices, there are real answers out there. We will get through this because as human beings, we're resilient. We've always worked through this and we will get through this. So I always say again, back to the point of just anchoring yourself in simple truths. God is on his throne, as you said earlier. None of this has taken him by surprise. He saw this coming. He's gone ahead of us to provide. And our job is really to identify that path and walk through that path. And I've said, I've said, I think that's a, almost getting to be a mantra in, in my world where I say, God is not interested in our comfort. Uh, I find myself saying that like often in, uh-huh. in, in the coaching that we do to say there is this um, seems to be this unwritten or unspoken uh, attitude that, oh, I, we're always moving towards comfort. Like the more comfortable I can make my life, the better my life will be. And, and I don't think that's true at all, at least in my own experience. Not saying that we have to live in this uncomfortable place our entire life, but I'm not so sure that God is terribly concerned about our, our level of comfort when it comes to what he wants to accomplish in through us. And, and again, going back to the, the gifts and the talents that he's, he's given each and every one of us. Uh, I mean, I love, uh, again, in your book and, and how you, you pick up on that to just say, listen, these, these, this startup capital, as you said at the beginning, it's a gift from God. And there is an expectation that God says, hey, I'm going to give you a gift. I want you to receive it. And, and I want you to do something with it. And it's, in fact, something that, that it's unique to you. It's, you know, that mix, those mix of gifts, you know, it's unique to you. And the parable of the talents highlights that in spades where, you know, he gives one person more talents than the other and another one a little less and the other one. Well, is that a recipe for comparison? It might be. But I think more so God is going, hey, I'm administering these gifts and these talents and, and it's a unique mix. And I'm honoring whether you doubled your money and you had 10, 10 talents or you doubled your money at five talents. That's, that's in a sense less important to God than, you know, if the man with the one talent 
had have just simply doubled his money with one talent. That's it. He he would have received his rest, right? He would have entered into his rest the same reward as the other two. But obviously he didn't. So I love what you're saying when when you say, you know, we all have some startup capital. Those are gifts. And and we take those gifts as something from God and then we move on. And they need to be multiplied. And the process Mm -hmm. of multiplying means that you, of necessity, you've got to get out of your comfort zone. You said it well, David. God is not so much interested in our comfort. He's more interested in our growth and our development. You know, 2 Corinthians 3 tells us that we're being changed from glory glory into glory. The process of change means that something different has to be done. We have to we have to grow. We have to do something different. There are risks that have to be taken, not um, risks that we're not going to be rash, but there are calculated risks that have to be taken. And all of this is involved in our in our growth, in our development and I mean I sure you can relate that nothing is more satisfying when we accomplished something that we thought we perhaps were not able to do. There's such a fulfillment that comes from that. There's such a confidence that comes from that. So in this time, it is so important for us to, you know, sit back from the noise and understand that there are opportunities that abound at this time. Uh, the changes that are happening, yes, there are certain things disappearing. Let's not spend too much time mourning what is not available now. But look, how about we just decide to invest our efforts into looking at what can we do? Mm-hmm. I was listening to an athlete recently, and they mentioned having an injury. And because of that, they couldn't do certain things. But they were like, okay, I can't do that. I can't bench press because of my injury. But here are the other things that I can do. And in so doing, they were able to reinvent their career. And so we also have to embrace, it's a choice we make to embrace that mindset of looking at what can we do. And if we explore those avenues, we will move forward. Yeah, I mean, that's... I'm listening to two uh, people who love change, though. I'm listening to (laughs) Natalie Rowe and Dave Van Oppen who love change, and I'm like... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not going to speak for Natalie. Change, yeah. I'm like... I know Natalie a little bit and and I'm just like, there's a whole bunch of us sitting out there like reluctant change. Like Dave, when you left the business, it was like you dragged me with you in some ways. Like that's how I felt. But I do appreciate the word. Uh, from because I'm a person that's had to adapt to right, be right. to change, right? So the last two years for me, I've started working full time. You know, uh, a whole whack of people have passed away in my life in the last couple of years. Like it has been. Uh, Serena started going to school. Now this fall, she's back at home. Like I have had more change than I've ever wanted in my life, just in the last two years alone. Um, not to mention Dave's transition out of a family business, you know, and you want things just nicely. So you just want, I, I do appreciate them in a box package nicely. And the word, um, and maybe this will help someone out there because um, my house is a bit chaotic now for all kinds of reasons. We have to do a renovation. We weren't planning all, all kinds of stuff. And the Lord has kept, kept asking me this past year, does it have to be perfect? That is my question. Does it have to be perfect? And for those of you who don't like change and are are reluctantly heading into change, maybe reluctantly needing a transition into a new job because you have to eat, um, 
uh, all I can say is it doesn't have to be perfect. It's going to be messy. But uh, Danielle Strickland, if you've ever listened or read to her, has this great book about um, and, and with the thesis that God creates out of chaos. It was chaotic at the beginning of time, and he spoke a word into that chaos, and he created. So you may feel like your journey is a bit chaotic. You, you want the comfort, but you can't find it. Um, it's what Natalie said. Let's anchor ourselves to some simple truths. And Natalie, I'm going to read a quote, and and we're already coming zipping to the last few minutes, right? It's yeah, of our we've got of a our few show. Left, so we're but good. on page ten of your book, you say you are here on earth to partner with God. Note that partnering with God was the reward to the servants who took the risk of increasing their seed money. Our assignment on planet Earth is to partner with God in the pursuit of making Earth like heaven. And let me tell you, just like I just said, it could look messy. Uh, this quest requires the partition, participation of every human being. By extension, this means that each person has an assignment and in effect, each person has a career to pursue. Um, I just love that quote because it's partnering with God. Mm-hmm. You're... Uh, Madeline Langle would, uh, the woman who wrote uh, Wrinkle in Time, would call it co-creating. Yeah, you know, and it's beautiful term. It mm-hmm. it is a beautiful term. And could you speak to that uh, for a few minutes, Natalie? Absolutely. I think the need, the desire of human beings to know why am I here? Um, what's purpose? We can even be successful in the definitions or by the standards of the world, and still feel that we're missing that purpose, that higher calling. And and I know, you know, speaking with young people, speaking with people of all ages, it's one of the lies that the, the enemy of our souls constantly pound us with, um, the sense of worth. You know, why am I here? What is my purpose here? Maybe it's not that important. But I love this because the parable of the talents tells us that we are here for good reasons. Ephesians 2.10, we're here for good plans that God prepared ahead of time. And he's zealous that we should walk in them. You know, each of us have a purpose. And then we have this great opportunity to discover what that purpose is. And if we understand the context that we're co-creators with God, we, he, he's um, delegated his responsibilities, work, through us. He trusted us enough to delegate his work through us. Um, God is so purposeful. There is nothing that he would never have brought us here, allowed us to be here. It doesn't even matter the circumstances of which we came here, that, that we're here, that he took the time to knit us in our mother's womb and, br- and brought us out alive means that he has good plans for us. So we ought to pursue our lives with that confidence, knowing that, again, because he has called us and heralded us to this work, that we're guaranteed his help. One of my favorite chapters in the book is help is guaranteed along the way. But we'll only discover that help when we step out. So I know it's hard when we're not able to see all the the, the, the steps along the way before we step mm-hmm. out, but we're called to step out in faith, knowing that it is there and He will guide us because He is cheering us along, wanted us to succeed even more than we even realize. So I think it's so important to understand that our work or career is connected to the highest calling, and we should embrace that. 
so at the end of the show, we just want to encourage you as like, and we have access to Natalie's book and we have access to Natalie. So if you need access to Natalie, call our office or email us at info at more than enough.ca. But we want to encourage you that in this climate, anchor yourself to some simple truth. It will take risk, but you have been called, you have been created to be co-creators with God. And there is a purpose as, and it doesn't have to be to be, you know, some grand CEO of a mm-hmm. company. It can be to be the best, the best uh, that you can be in this season, whether you're struggling with mental health or whether, you know, it's, it, we just want to encourage you mm-hmm. that there are possibilities because God is on your side. And Natalie's book is full of that encouragement. So, mm-hmm. well, thank you, Natalie, for joining us. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and mm-hmm. thank you for sharing yourself and your book with us. That's, uh, again, I love that we record these and we can listen to them again and again because there is so much to re-listen to. You have and so much to say, Natalie. Yeah, yeah. You're like a well of, of good things to drink. So let me just pray for a moment. Lord, we do thank you. We thank you for Natalie. We thank you for the inspiration that you put in her to use her gifts and her talents to produce uh, a wealth of information for us to, to glean. And so, Lord, as we uh, we listen today or as we uh, read the book or as we, we just listen to you, we, Lord, we just ask that you'd give us ears to hear uh, and that we would hear your voice. And so we thank you for that and we give you glory and honor in Christ's name. Thanks again, Natalie. Appreciate that. Thank you that. so and much, David and Rebecca. Oh, okay. it's great. Anyway, so... Uh, and join us next week. Yeah, when we, we talk, talk money. money. <laughs> Let's Talk Money is a division of more than enough financial fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.